I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Bucks and Six, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Stephen Dorff, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN, and then you can find this and all of our other podcasts on either Apple or Spotify. So be sure to check those out. Uh, really, really exciting day in Wisconsin sports right now. Uh, Packers come away with a playoff win first ever in Jordan Love's career. So uh, congratulations to the Packers. Really, really exciting stuff. Uh, but, you know, as well, the Bucks. we got to see Damian Lillard hit one of his patented Dame time shots at the end of the game. Does that celebration. Hirsch, I know you were at the game tonight. Uh, super crazy stuff, exciting and all that. But let's just, uh, you know, bounce back to this Warriors game, uh, covering this back to back. We beat the Warriors without Steph Curry, without Draymond. Looked like it was kind of a slow start, you know, only, I mean, down two, but against the team where we talked about, we're like, they're missing their star. They're in shambles right now. We should be, you know, dominating teams like this, but ultimately we did, you know, come away with the win and we played our best ball in the second half, which is, you know, I guess the big thing to take away from that game. Yeah. I mean, I feel like just going up against the Warriors without, you know, Curry and, Draymond to an extent. I mean, obviously, you know, he's not necessarily a scoring threat, but he definitely helps them out there. Um, but yeah, either way, I mean, Kuminga played really well. Uh, Brandon Pajemski, uh, Milwaukee native, also played very well. Uh, I believe he was uh, Mr. Basketball in Wisconsin in 2021. So a lot of people in Wisconsin know about Brandon Pajemski. Uh, he's, you know, an interesting young guy, but the Warriors have, you know, over the past couple of years tried to do this like two timeline stuff steve with like having all these veterans that are still good and also trying to you know mold all these young guys and so far it hasn't really worked out too well for them um i would say that their best young guy that they did have was jordan Poole, but they had to get rid of him to get chris paul um and yeah this team is is not doing well right now i know a lot of people going into the uh season had them making the playoffs um after they you know made it last year but it's going to be tough, Steve, even with the, even with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. This team is really struggling right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, with the two timelines, it's it's a tough thing to manage when you have a lot of vets who have, you know, multiple rings, lots of playoff experience. And then you have up and coming, you know, stars, if you want to call it, with guys like Jonathan Kuminga, uh, Brandon, Pod- I don't even know, I don't want to pronounce the name, but <laughs> I know you were just saying it, but 
you know, guys like that who, you know, look like they deserve a role and opportunity, but you know, there's only, only one basketball and only so many minutes. <laughs> we saw Jonathan Kuminga and Moses Moody, you know, a couple weeks ago request a trade and complain about minutes. Uh, it seems like Kuminga starting to get, you know, his spot back in the rotation, but yeah, it, it, this, you know, this, whatever this thing, the Warriors are trying to do clearly isn't working. Uh, a lot of it is obviously, you know, the guys just, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson getting older. I mean, 34, 35 years old, things don't last forever. And you're just kind of seeing the end of what was once a great dynasty. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really, really impressive young guys on this team, Hirsch. And I think that, you know, when they do commit to the the rebuild and if they want to build through guys like Kuminga and such, I mean, it, it should, it's something that I think Warriors fans could be excited about. Yeah, it was definitely good to come away from that one with a win. Um, I mean, we both, again, went into it thinking that, you know, we, we should win that game, especially after blowing out the Celtics last week on national television. Uh, but Steve, let's, let's transition into the game of the night. Uh, box beat the Kings in overtime, 143 to 142. Uh, I think the story of the night, Steve, is Dame Lillard. I mean, he absolutely bailed us out. Some extremely poor decisions down the stretch, which we will get to, but he had 29 points. Uh, he hit a buzzer beater to win it. It was a pretty incredible shot. Uh, from being in the stadium, the, the atmosphere was electric when he hit it. Uh, a lot of people were pretty down in the dumps, but after, you know, he hit a three, Brooke hit that corner three to bring it down to one. Um, and then Dame was able to capitalize on De'Aaron Fox's missed free throw. Uh, other than that, I mean, it was pretty, pretty incredible to see. I mean, he just pulled up from a little a couple steps in front of uh, the logo in midcourt, fading away to his left and just drilled a drilled a game winner and then did his, you know, like you mentioned, he did his signature celebration for the first time in Milwaukee. So just being there, being in the building, seeing that happen, uh, it was pretty cool, pretty, pretty awesome experience. Yeah, for sure. I bet. I mean, how often do you get to see Damian Lillard, you know, hit that kind of shot? Uh, you know, this year, Bucks fans, especially, we've been waiting for something like this and we got it. Uh, I think the circumstance you know, that it happened in was a little unfortunate. I know you and I were texting a buddy about, you know, the clock management at the end of the game or just the, the management in general with how we were fouling and trying to play a free throw game. We were up three with like 20 seconds left and we we kept fouling them. I, I didn't really understand the logic behind that, especially because we kept, you know, getting Giannis the ball to shoot free throws and it paid off the first time. And then, you know, it's Giannis. He isn't a great free throw shooter. You got to know your player's strength. So you can't be mad at Giannis for missing, you know, that free throw in the second go around on that. But like, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know what AG is thinking. And I, I want to defend him. I've been doing it all year, but to me, like, you don't want to see anything like that going forward because we had that game wrapped. We should have never seen the Damian Lillard celebration. Uh, if they hit a crazy three to send it to overtime, good for them. I know they were hitting their threes tonight, but you want to be able to trust your defense, Hirsch. And, you know, when you're up three, you shouldn't have to play the foul game. Absolutely. I mean, that was the, you know, the main thing that I kind of wanted to get into. Um, it, it was one of the most atrocious executions down the stretch I had ever seen. Uh, watching basketball for basically my entire life since I've been able to understand the game. I've been watching it. And that was one of the worst endings to a game that I have ever seen coaching wise. Uh, number one, I agree with you that you can't be mad at Giannis for missing those free throws, but also why is Giannis not inbounding the ball in that scenario? 
I, that blows my mind that he's not the inbound passer. He's clearly our worst free throw shooter. He shouldn't even be an option. He should be the guy passing it in. He's taller than everyone. He can see over the defense. Why is he not passing it in? That would be the first question. Second of all, why in the world are we telling Malik Beasley to foul with 17 seconds left up three? Like you mentioned, in that scenario, you want to run them off the three-point line, force them to take a two, and realistically, you'd like to play defense with under 10 seconds left, force them to take a shot. And that point, when they get the ball back after they had already fouled again, there's less time on the clock. Not a not time for Darren, Falt, Darren Fox to just waltz through the middle of the lane and tie it up and send it to overtime. I mean, it, it was just utterly, utterly ridiculous. Up eight with three minutes left, and we collapsed like that. Being being in the stadium, I, I was absolutely losing my mind. Um especially, you know, with, with the with the decision making down the stretch and you know, there was a pretty brutal turnover there from from Dame at one point where he got his pocket picked at half court and it didn't really look like he was even trying at that point, but he he definitely mm-hmm. pay he definitely repaid it at the end of the game to say the least with, you know, multiple threes in overtime, but yeah, brutal execution from AG down the stretch and you know, it makes me look at him differently. Like you mentioned, I was really on board with him. You know, I wanted to give him a shot. But after what I saw tonight, I, I have a very different perspective. Yeah, see, I don't I like it was really bad. I mean, it, it was just, yeah, like you said, really poor execution. But I don't want to go as far to say as it was some of the worst down the stretch coaching I've seen in recent memory or whatever. I mean, let's not forget last year's playoffs with the Heat, you know, going into the fourth quarter up double digit points and you blow that. I think you know, just considering the circumstance of that game and everything. But that's just one example. I, 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 and Adrian Griffin's a rookie head coach still. And, you know, a lot of people had that concern with hiring him in the first place is that this guy has no experience, you know, coaching a team as, on his own. He's, you know, he's been with Nick. But, but as, dude, as someone who's been in the NBA for nine years and then was an assistant coach for five years and also had won a championship, you got to have better situational awareness down the stretch than that. I mean, yeah, no, the, I'm, the guy, the guy's been playing basketball his whole life. He's been around the game longer than any of us have. And yet we're all sitting here saying that that was stupid. He should know better. There's not no, there's honestly, no. Hey, hey, listen, I, I completely, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think that that wouldn't have been as, you know, big of a problem as it was if he had tried to get Damian Lillard to the line, Malik Beasley to the line, you know, guys that are high free throw shooter, high volume or a high percentage free throw shooters. You want those guys at the line, not Giannis who might be shooting 70% this year or whatever it is, but. Well, you got to give the Kings credit there. I mean, they were doing a great job of denying Dame the ball down the stretch. They they really couldn't get him the ball, but there there's, I like but him. If, but you're going to other options. But well, but if you're gonna if you're gonna play that you know that game that free throw game, you know that the Kings are gonna they're gonna call timeouts. So you need to draw up some stuff that you that you're confident is gonna work. It can't be some you know half ass stuff like whatever it was tonight. You can't do that. I mean, giving the ball to Giannis just as a bailout because you know they're gonna leave him open. That's like it's feeding into exactly what the Kings want you to do, and it gave them a shot to send us to overtime, and they did. So we're lucky they didn't get a three off on us, but. Uh, down the stretch, I think, yeah, we need Adrian Griffin to coach better. Uh, I think this was like the, you know, the worst we've seen, like coaching wise from him, at least in my eyes, just like a total breakdown going forward. I'm, you know, I, I want to see it not happen again. And I think that this is a good learning experience. It's good that this didn't happen in the playoffs. Uh, and, you know, we still came out with the win, which kind of gives me confidence in this team where it's like, we were talking about how it's built for the playoffs. It's built for those clutch time moments, but you want to be able to count on your defense, Hirsch, totally with 
you know, 20 seconds left up three, like any bud team would never have thought to foul. I mean, I think any smart team would also think. Yeah, really any smart. And that's, yeah. And that's not to say like, oh, we need bud back, but I'm just like, yeah, any, any team like you get, you can't, I mean, yeah, you can't do that. You, you got to be better than that. I totally agree with that. Just it was, it was brutal. I don't want to react too much on it. We got the win. You know, we're on a three-game win streak right now. Uh, you know, not too much to complain about. I, you know, t- at times our talent is going to bail us out. Like we we knew that was going to be a thing. You can't play your best basketball. You know, every game of the year. You know, we were coming off a of back-to-back, so that makes this game a lot cha- more challenging with no Chris Middleton. Um, so yeah, it's just down the stretch, like you don't want to just give away those games. But I mean, overall, I think this team has looked a lot better in these last three games. And also shows why you trade for a guy like Damian Lillard. Yeah. I mean, Hey, but I, I want to see Dame, like you said, like not give up so much. Like, yeah, he got pickpocketed and just gave up the ball at free layup for them. Uh, it also felt like he was just, whenever he would get screened on at the end of the game specifically, like he would just let them go by, take an easy floater. Like, at least put some out. And I know we like to get on Malik Beasley about this Hirsch, but at least Malik Beasley is like really, really giving us effort out there. So like it, you got to give effort. That, that's kind of with Dame at least give effort on defense, at least, especially in those crunch time. We know what you bring on offense, but two way players are the best players. And I know that's not what he is, but at least he can do his try. Yeah. And then on the other side of the ball on the King side, um, you know, Fox and Sabonis both played really well, obviously. Uh, we kind of went into the game expecting Fox to play well. Obviously, we we can't really guard the other team's elite guards, but Sabonis had a triple-double tonight, you know, pretty early into the third quarter. Uh, he, he was monstrous in the first half, uh, slowed down a little bit in the second half. But, uh, Steve, I think the killer was Kevin Herter. Um, you know, he, he had a 20-plus point game, like I mentioned on our previous show. Um you know, he, he, he's a Bucks killer. He's, he's done it with the Hawks. He's done it with the Kings now. I mean, th- this guy is just an absolute sniper from three, and we could not contain him. He was coming off of, you know, pin downs. He was getting the ball top of the screen, coming off of uh, coming off of screens and just pulling it. And we there was no hand in his face. He was wide open, fading, not fading, didn't matter. He was hitting it. So I just think we need to be better with, you know, those three-point shooters, especially the guys that you can run off the line. Because when Kevin Herter puts the ball on the floor, he's not necessarily like a threat to, you know, finish at the rim. So guys like that, you have to really deny ball at the top of the key, force them into the force them into the paint, force them to put it on the floor. That's how you create turnovers. You can't let guys like Kevin Herter, whose only job it is to shoot, have wide open shots. I mean, that that's just the absolute opposite of what you actually want out there. And you also on the last podcast talked about Malik Monk as someone who could cause issues for us. And he totally did that like 28 points. Um, Yeah. I mean, it just, again, it's common theme with this team where we're letting these guards, these shooters just really just get open shots. And it's just a lack of execution, poor switching guys aren't capable, like literally physically are not capable of staying with their man. That part you can't blame on AG. Like that's just a lack of personnel, but yeah, a lot of this other stuff, like this team really needs to start figuring it out. And I mean, playoffs aren't coming, like they're not too far away. We're getting to that halfway point of the season. All-star breaks coming up. Trade deadlines less than a month away. So start it's time to really start getting it in gear, I think, for this team. Uh, we're on a three-game win streak right now, and we're going to take a quick break and then talk about this upcoming game against the Cavaliers on Wednesday, and hopefully we extend our win streak to four. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back on the Box and Sticks podcast. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorff. Uh, we're going to preview the Bucks' upcoming game against the Cavaliers on Wednesday. Uh, this will be uh, in Cleveland, so an away game for the Bucks. Uh, we beat them earlier in the season. Obviously, they didn't have Garland or Mobley, you know, two of their big four, you might put it. Uh, we beat them by eight, 119 to 111. Uh, but this Cavaliers team, you know, they're, they, they've kind of turned it around somewhat uh, after a pretty, pretty slow and disappointing start. Uh, they're 22 and 15. Uh, you know, they've got Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, you know, he's a guy that as a Bucks fan, you should be absolutely afraid of considering we cannot guard opposing elite guards. And he is an elite guard. Uh, he averages 28 points per game for this team. Uh, and they are also, you know, hot as of right now. They're winners of four straight, Steve. So, yeah, what do you what do you think? Do you think the Bucs can keep this in momentum? Or do you think, you know, with, with the momentum that the Cleveland Cavaliers have, that they're going to, you know, come into this game hot? I mean, yeah, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with how well we play guys like Don or how well we guard guys like Donovan Mitchell. Um, we don't know if Darius Garland will be back. He's been out for, you know, a month at least now with some jaw injury. So if he's back, that's going to be like double trouble for us. So I know we beat them uh, earlier in the season without Garland uh, was and Mobley. So no, Mobley won't be back, but yeah, if Garland's back, I'm I'm a little scared of this team. I know he'll be a little rusty, but just having him out there as that threat, you know, really quick guard, he knows he's really good at getting to his spots and, you know, facilitating for others. Donovan Mitchell is one of the best scoring guards in the entirety of the NBA. Uh, yeah, and I think it's, if, if we can't stop Donovan Mitchell, this team is a really, the this Cavaliers team is a, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the league. Feels like we've been playing some, you know, pretty good defensive teams as of late. Um, mediocre on offense, but if Donovan Mitchell gets going, Hirsch, I, I don't like, like this, our, this Bucks team has shown that they can get off the slow starts, uh, or just have bad nights overall, bad shooting nights. I know we're a lot more, or we are a lot less reliant on just the three pointer. We get to the paint a lot more this year offensively, but yeah, I think if we can't stop Garland or Mitchell or both of them, we're going to be in for a world of hurt against this Cavs team. I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that's, you know, one thing that the Bucs have, you know, struggled with is, you know, when 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 obviously we're going to go against a guy that we're not going to be able to stop, we tend to allow him to go off as well as, you know, three other people on their team. And that's why we lose. Um, last time we played this Cavaliers team, Jared Allen had a career night. Uh, he was having everything. He was getting everything to go. You characterized it as, you know, somewhat weird because he doesn't hit those shots normally. And he was just pulling up in the mid range, hitting, you know, jump shots, which is pretty strange. But yeah, I think, you know, Donovan Mitchell is probably going to go off regardless. I don't really think there's much we're going to be able to do about that. I just think it's, you know, I think the main focus should be, you know, trying to stop the rest of their guys because the rest of the guys are stoppable uh, for us, especially without Mobley. And possibly without Garland, I mean, if he comes back, it'll be his first game back off of like a month, a month break. So he could be a little bit rusty. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just think we we have to really focus in on, you know, it, like it's fine. If Donovan Mitchell wants to have 50, let him have 50. But we can't let, you know, Jared Allen have 30 points. 
Yeah, and guys like Max Struess, too. I, I already know Max Struess is going to have a good game. <laughs> I already know it. Um, yeah, and guys like Karis Levert, too. They, they have, they've got a lot of guys that we need to look out for, too. I, yeah, I just think that Don, if we allow – because Donovan Mitchell is you know more than capable of going off for 40 or, 40 or more points. I mean – I mean, scored 70 before. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So if we give this guy 40 points, I mean – we know how, you know, we know the rest of this team is capable. They're a good defensive team. If he's scoring 40 points, like, I just, I don't really know how we're going to be able to beat this team because they're a good basketball team. I mean, this is, again, one of those teams that if we make it to the second round of the playoffs, we could be right there with them. Um, And, yeah, I mean, just stopping Donovan Mitchell, to me at least, is going to be, like, not even necessarily stopping him, but just like holding him to his average. He averages like 28 points a game right now. Let's just not let him get to that like 35, 40 point mark. I think if we can do that, we can beat this team like totally. I mean, especially if uh, no no Mobley for sure. But if uh, Garland doesn't play, I mean, it just allows you to like solely focus on him. You know, that's where their offense is coming from. Yeah, if Garland doesn't play, I like our chances a lot more. Uh, but, you know, either way, I still think that this Bucks team is better. Um, especially coming off, you know, a back-to-back, -back, you know, sweep of the California teams over the weekend. And then, you know, it's having, having that momentum from Damian Lillard hitting that, you know, super clutch shot, I think that's going to, you know, put some juice into his sales maybe, uh, considering that, you know, we, we've been kind of waiting for that. Like you mentioned all year, and he, he finally did it. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Bucks should have a good chance to win this one. Uh, but with that, I think that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Make sure you leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Boxing6FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman, he's Stephen Dorf, and let's go Bucks!